I now find myself faced with a decision. Welcome the warm embrace of irrelevance, or I don't know, maybe something more proactive. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from Hello everybody, welcome to the show. It happened one year, 1994. We're doing it again. I like when you open. Did you? It was weird. It's right? weird. Sometimes I just want to do your "Hey, everybody," but that's your line. So I was trying to. I'm trying to find my own line to yeah. open the show. As long I, as you, as long as you open with energy, so people are excited. I'm not sure that was it. I think this episode needs that because this is going to be kind of a weird one. <laughs> this oh is be yes, a, an unconventional episode. Yes. Go forth and be energetic. Are you saying I'm not? Is that feedback? I'm confused. <laughs> Just trying to pick up the mood, man. Okay. This is a weird oh. one because I think that a lot of the stuff we cover is at least stuff people would be somewhat familiar with. This <laughs> yes. is really going to apply to a very small group of people. So we need to make it entertaining. Taking it very hard in a different direction, I think. Although I will say if our main audience is my parents, this should hit half of that group. I, I mean, honestly, I don't know who will want to listen to this like i don't understand who would read this description and be like yeah, yeah that but like i think the process of how we're going to go through this is is the interesting part of it so yeah. you know we had talked early on about doing some literature things but i don't know how long we're going to be doing this season or this year so to even try to do more than one book as part of the it happened yeah. one year book club might be a li little too much like we just might not be able to get around to it without you know, wasting a ton of time. Yeah. But, you know, also when we looked at all of the books that came out in 94 that were big, big hits, most of them are way too long for us to either try to fit that into our lives. Like, oh, not even close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we both read a fair amount, but I wouldn't say that we could commit to agreeing on a book that we could both spend, you know, 700 pages reading. Yes. And all of the real popular books that year were super, super long. And I should say, Joe and I have never successfully book clubbed a book. Never. We've <laughs> no. never done it. Never. Back in 2008-ish, I wanted to book club Moby Dick. And what happened was Joe read Moby Dick. That was it. <laughs> not, did not read Moby Dick. Yeah, no, we don't have a good process of reading books at the same time. And then no. we, we always think it's a good idea because we do tend to go read yeah. in you know, coffee shops before and now sitting in the park, bringing our foldable chairs. So like, yes. this is something we do. But otherwise, it's mostly just one of us recommending a book to the other one. That's about yeah. so we've read a bunch of the same books, but not yeah. even remotely at the same and, time. And I would say not even that many because Joe and I have very different taste in books. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, I mean, that's, that's fair. who is a writer and writes fiction. I do not enjoy reading fiction. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not great. So I have a hard time recommending those kind of things. Like every once in a while, like after a certain amount of time where I'm like, could you just read Catch 22 already? Like she'll read it. But like. <laughs> We were together for what, 15 years at the point? So, you know. <laughs> and I listened to the audiobook. I didn't even actually. Yeah, read so, it. took a long time to wear it down. Yeah. So, anyway, so looking at the list of things we could read, I, I want to say the best selling book of 1994 was The Chamber, I think, the John Grisham book, which I've never read. I read a bunch of Grisham books at that time, but I think I stopped right before The Chamber. And that's a pretty long book. 
but there was an idea like because you yeah. read the firm and you've read a I, I read the firm and then i think i read john grisham books like when i was younger yeah um i feel like i read a time to kill that was a john grisham book right yeah yeah um yeah i'm pretty sure i read that and i don't know maybe one or two others like when they were pop- when when those all those movies were coming out but yeah, and I, I like the firm, but it's, you know, I wasn't super jazzed about reading another one. So like that wasn't going to quite work. And I just don't know. I, I, I couldn't commit us to the idea of reading a super long book. The Stephen King book that was real popular that year was Insomnia, which is, I think, seven or eight hundred pages long. It's a crazy long book. And then most of the other real popular books weren't written in 94. Like The Bridges of Madison County was still a really well-selling book that year. But that book was written, I believe, in 1992. Yeah. And then was a was also the number one bestselling book in 93. Uh, the Celestine Prophecy was a big hit book, and that was written in 93. So we wanted something that was in 94 and was popular and was short. Yep. And that's how we ended up where we did. I, I don't, you know, I don't know that I'm going to put in the description of this episode what we're reading. So Ooh, hopefully excellent. people have just come to this point. Yes. Because I don't think we're going to, like, if we tell people that's going to bring people in. If anything, <laughs> no. that's going to repulse people. Yeah. But I just think it might be, maybe it'll be fun that way because of the process of how we're going to do this. So again, before yeah. we get to what the book is, yes, we, as of right now, where we sit, have not read a page of this book. And I don't even know what the book is about. It's we, we have copies of it, but I haven't read the fold, the flap yeah. or the back. I have no idea what this book is. I, I did read the fold in full disclosure. Right, it didn't tell right. me much, but I did read the fold, but I haven't read a word. So what we're going to do with this episode is we're it's a, I think the book's fairly short, right? It's like 200 and yeah. 50 pages. Maybe it's not a, a super long book. So what we're going to do is we're doing this little bit now and then every we're going to see how the chapters work or whatever. But every 50 pages or so, we're going to come back in and yep. update where we are, make weird predictions or whatever. Do you want to reveal to the audience what it is that we're reading? Yes, I'm very excited. The fourth bestselling book of 1994 and like I'm pleased that we're doing this because as a child, the only author I remember my mom reading was this author. So there were a lot of these books floating around our house. I read a a book by this author, at least one, if not two books, as a pretty young 13 and younger kind of thing. We are going to read the book The Gift by Danielle Steele. Oh, my God. Wait, I cannot wait for Joe to read this book. I am so excited. It's going to be awesome. Look, I'm not going to pretend that I'm some like... Like I'm, I've read everything. I don't have the super broad. Th- I've read a lot of books. Like I, you know, I, I'm familiar with a lot of different types of literature, and and I don't. I try to get a, a nice variety yeah. of things. You read a lot. Yeah, a lot of stuff. But I have never read. A, I, I would always think of Danielle Steele as sort of an advanced romance novelist. Yes. Like I think that's it, right? That seems I think that's fair. correct. I worked in a bookstore for a number of years, and you know, this is commuting ladies' fiction. Like it, it just always struck me as something that. Yeah, it isn't exactly for kids, and Be but free. it's the target market of people who really buy a lot of books, and that's yeah. that that age, yes. women thirty five to sixty, I guess. So yes. this was never something I was going to brush up against, and I don't get the impression she writes a lot of mysteries or adventures. So, you know, this was just never something that appealed to me, yeah. uh, or I honestly ever even considered. So I have not read a lot of Danielle Steele books, so I'm not an expert on Danielle Steele. What I do know of her is she will set like stories about people like it is about families. It is not just romance. It's about like families and relationships and, you know, dynamics. And like, that's the thing, which I think everything else that you said fits with. Right. OK. Um, but she sets it in different worlds. Like I remember reading her book that was set on the Titanic hmm. before Titanic was a movie. Oh. And as like a 12 year old, I 
freaking loved it. I loved it. I loved it so much. My mom chose it and let me read it. And I was uh, very jazzed. Yeah. And I so- think I just, I always equated her with like Jackie Collins who wrote a lot of these kind of books in the eighties yeah. or, um, I can't not like, really like Barbara Taylor Bradford. Like, I don't know, yeah. like something like I- that. I don't think that she's that different. I get the impression that Jackie Collins was a little more like salacious, but the a Barbara Taylor Bradford, Daniel Steele, like I think pretty comparable. I always thought what was interesting with Daniel Steele books, the physical books, is she has an actual like logo, like a Daniel Steele logo, which yeah. I was like amazed by. Like, because you know, you get an author, you're at that level, right? Oh, yeah. And but I mean, her numbers are insane. Like she's written a ton of books and has sold just an obscene number of books. So, oh, yeah. But like, I don't remember there ever being like a movie of any significance that was I'm sure there have been TV movies or something of her books. Yes. But I don't remember there ever being a big movie that I would have then somehow brushed up against. You know, like a lot of times you kind of glancingly will start finding authors because of movies when you're someone like me. So like this is how this goes. So what I wanted to do quickly is speculate what this book might be. What is the gift? That's what I want to know. So I read the flap, which does not tell me what the gift is, but I'm going to let you go first. Because I did not read, because I read the flap. So I have like a a small bit. All right. So all I know is the cover, the book is yellow and the cover, I think just pick is like a little picture in a window of like an outdoor scene. Like there's nothing to this picture. So I have nothing to go on. I'm going to guess it's a, there's a, there's a, there's a lady and she might be, I don't know. I'm guessing she's like 30, 35 and she's working at a, she's, she's, she's working underappreciated at a job. Maybe she's you know, an assistant. Uh, I'm, I don't want to just say she's a secretary. It's 94. She must have been. She probably has a she has a she's working. She's she's building her way up. Not an assistant necessarily, but like an executive assistant. Like she's working her way up. Yeah. And uh, there's a dude and she's in love with some dude. And that dude, uh, uh, maybe he notices her. Maybe he doesn't. But I'm going to guess he gives out uh, at the at the at the, the company Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives out uh, uh, gifts to all the other employees and uh, the gift he gives her uh, means a lot to her. And she is touched and thinks then that this means he loves her. But Ooh. he he didn't uh, pick out that gift. <laughs> he was his his secretary. And I'd say in the first half of the book, this this misunderstanding comes to light. What um, can you build on from the flap that you've read? Yeah. So I have a little more data. So based on what I know, I believe this is a more family-based than work-based book. Um, But the family might still have a business. Like they might be in business together. So I think there is, my guess is the story is about their, their parents, but the stories about the, the like first generation of siblings and their spouses and their children. So it's like a, an, a, a webby family thing. And it's all about how they like disagree, but agree and disagree, but agree. And maybe there's an agriculture component. I'm going to say maybe they have an agriculture type business. They're not farmers. That mm. doesn't feel right, but they're like, Maybe they own a farm and other people farm it and they own it. I don't know. That okay. also doesn't feel right. So they just, just have like, money, but they're not doing work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They. I, I believe they have money, but they're not doing work. Um, but I believe the gift that they uh, give each other is love. Oh, that's pretty lame. That's the gift. Yeah. I was hoping more that like it's a physical gift and it was misunderstanding. And then maybe mayhem. That's what I was hoping. For. Mm. I was hoping I, the girl thinks this guy loves her and then she kills his secretary. Ooh, interesting. I don't <laughs> think any her of secretary that, did it. I, yeah. I don't think any of that's going to happen. Probably not. I think I, it's going to be like here's John, he's mad at, at Steve. 
they've worked it out. Uh, love. That's, oh. that's, that's how I think it's going to go. Yeah. Here's Janie. Uh, her husband uh, stole some money from her. Not great. Uh, she divorced him and found someone else love. That's what I think. It's- so the gift was the money that he stole because it no. got her out of that relationship. No, the gift was love. The love oh. that she found. Oh, <laughs> that's the gift. I, you know, I don't think that's the gift. I think it has to be more of a, a would you name the book after love? Wouldn't, I, wouldn't every book then be love? <laughs> well, that's why it's called the gift. Because oh. if it, she just called it love, it'd be every other book. I haven't seen the list of her titles. I assume they're all then synonyms for love, like, you know, the surprise or the greatest thing or our <laughs> our shared s- stuff. Honestly, our shared stuff could be a Daniel Steele book. <laughs> Honestly, I told my mom that we were doing this and I sort of described the criteria like, oh, we wanted to be short. And she was, well, the only really long book she had was and she named a book. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, boy. I mean, I think Daniel Steele's literally written like 150 books. Yeah. Like just yeah. a crazy number of books. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That's that. So this is part one Here of our delving into the gift. Predictions. I think going forward, we will tell the readers how far we intend to go in the book. But right. for now, if if you want to read along yeah. and you've listened this far, pause it, start reading, and we'll come back to this. All right. Uh, we will see you on the other side. Readers, please read along with us. Readers, listeners. I guess if you're reading with us, you're also readers. Both ways. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. Yeah. I know you're wrapping this up as though this is the end of something, but literally this is going to continue four (laughs) seconds from now. (laughs) All right. We're going to be back in two seconds. So we've only read one chapter of this book. Uh, I, I thought we would get further before we did our first catch up. But uh, here we are. Here we are. What yeah. are your initial reactions to that first chapter? Well, so far, I'm feeling pretty good about my prediction that the gift is love. <laughs> I think that's right. Like, I still I agree. Yeah. OK. I mean, it's clearly not a physical gift that they got at an office party, which right. is what I thought. You were wrong. Um, we can already throw out your prediction. <laughs> clearly, I had no idea. I never read a Daniel Steele book, and so I didn't really know what to expect. And even reading this chapter, I still have no idea what kind of book she writes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to have an open mind. I'm not I don't want to just come in and just yeah. and just all over this book like that's that wasn't the plan. No. And I want to be fair, but I I don't like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I did not enjoy that first chapter. This feels very much like a Daniel Steele book to me. I haven't read very many, but like, this is exactly what I thought it would be. Right. So are are we supposed to, do we talk about plot? We do. This is a book club. We're spoiling everything. Okay. All right. So end of first chapter. If you have, I'm not trying to convince people to come read this book. That's not the point. The point is just to discuss it as though it's a book club. So listeners, we've completed the first chapter. If you have not yet completed the first chapter, do not listen any further. Turn your podcast off now. I would say if you have no intention of reading this book, just keep listening. And we'll, I mean, we'll try to make it sort of entertaining, as entertaining as this Daniel Steele book can be. I have no idea. Wow. So I would divide this chapter into two sections. Mm. One, talking about how, it's, so it's a family, it's two parents whose names you just said, and I don't remember, Mike and Liz? Mike John and Liz. And Liz. John and Liz. Yeah. Uh, very generic. There are two kids, uh, Billy and Alice. Tommy and Annie. Tommy and Annie. Close yeah. enough. Yeah. Also generic. Okay. So they're like, they live in a house. They've got kids. They're very happy. Literally the first, this is like a 30, 40 page chapter. Long chapter. Yeah. The first, I would say two thirds of it are just like how happy they are. We have everything we've ever wanted. Everything is wonderful. And we're like, but 
everything we wanted, everything is wonderful. Great, great, great. It's Christmas. Everybody's having a great time. I believe I said to you at one point while we were in that middle of this part, I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if somebody just ran in and killed everybody? Because there was yeah. nothing in the first, yeah. the whole first section. There's nothing happening. It's just how great everything is and how much everybody loves each other. That's it. But you, you knew that was that had to be what happened. So, of course, yeah. last third or last quarter of the chapter, the, the daughter, uh, Annie, she's like, Five or six yeah. meningitis dies. 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 That's Done. it. Yeah. Out. Yeah. That's that was not my problem with it. At least something happened. Like that yeah. wasn't my problem with this chapter is that everybody was so happy and then Annie dies. Because I have no connection to any of these characters because there's nothing, they're all flawless. They're all just flawless, perfect human beings. Yeah. And oh, there's yeah. nothing. It's set in the 50s. So I think that there is something to that. They want to create the same idyllic. 50s Americana thing that is so popular, especially 1994 book. If you wrote this book today, it clearly couldn't be like this, but it's still like that's the pervasive feeling of this chapter. Yeah. I think my problem really is that like Annie dies and I just didn't care because everybody is so perfect. None of these characters are real people. They're so just flat, you know? She died and you didn't care? (laughs) You have to invest in a character to care. And I felt like even though she's a kid and it's sad that a kid dies, you're supposed to care because of how it affects the rest of the family. And now I assume this is the rest of the book. I don't assume they just throw this fact away and then move on and everybody's just doing stuff. I assume all their stuff happens in relation to this because I believe the gift is Annie as they reference yes. a number of times in the chat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I believe I predictions going forward, there will be some kind of replacement gift that helps them to learn how to live without Annie. I don't oh. know what that gift comes in the form of. Annie Hopefully too. heroin. Oh, my. <laughs> so you think Tommy gets addicted to smack? Yeah. And becomes like a beat poet? Yeah. Yeah. And smack is the gift. Oh, the gift was drugs all along. Yes. I, I mean, I almost think, do they have another kid? But then that kid is like also Annie and like in a creepy way. Oh, Interesting. If it, this was a Stephen King book, that's what yeah. the gift is. That kid would be like inhabited by the devil. Right. And if it was a Dean Koontz book, she would come back as like a skateboard that's and then that talks to Tommy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is yes. my imagine with all of these different things. If it was a Shel Silverstein book, it would just be the leaf of a tree. Oh, very nice. Just very trying nice. to see this is how things yeah, work. That's very good. So again, I have no sense of what Daniel Steele books are. I thought this was just going to be kind of a straight romance when that's clearly not what this is. No, she doesn't write romance novels. It's not really a romance novel. It is a it is a family love driven drama novel. Do her books tend to cover a ton of time? Like, are we going to go through to when Tommy's a grandfather or is this like a couple years? Do you not think? in my experience, but my Daniel, I haven't read a lot of Daniel Steele books. I've only read a few. I think of the, a Daniel Steele book like a Hallmark movie. Like that's what you're reading. So like, I'm, I'm just trying to think like what to predict with this, because otherwise, yeah. like, I don't really want to keep reflecting and just being like, this is yes. what it's about. And this is how yeah, I feel yeah. about it. Yeah. So where does this go? I mean, again, I realize this is all going to be cut together into one thing. So it's yeah. going to be weird maybe to listen to that way. But I, I don't I have like, a good sense of where this story goes from here. Yeah, I would like to clarify my prediction before we move on to yours, because I feel like I've already made it. And I, I, I was joking. Okay. I don't actually think the gift is heroin. I retain my prediction that the gift is love. The gift. <laughs> I, that's not a prediction. What do you think is actually going to happen? Love. This is not. No, this is not how this is not. This doesn't make Look, any sense. You can say that, but that's exactly how the book's going to play out. Guaranteed. Okay. So, OK, so you think in the end, everybody's happy. Oh, of course. I mean, that does seem like I, I can't imagine this ends in a tragic way, considering yeah. it has such a tragic opening. I don't think the rest of the book is how all of the other characters die yeah. tragically. But they learn how to live with the tragedy through 
you guessed it, love. I, I kind of like the heroin idea a little better. I think that that, that could <laughs> well, be. There's like what I hope it is and what I know it's going to be. And it's going to be love. Do you think love is in the form of John cheating on Liz because he can't deal with Annie's death? No. Do you think love is in the form of, again, Tommy becoming a beat poet and I don't know, maybe like getting really into sex clubs in New York? I would enjoy that book, but no. Do you think it's just Liz's mental breakdown over Annie's death? And then the gift is, I don't know how much therapy she goes through. And then the therapist becomes a big character. And then in the end, you find out the therapist was Annie all along. <laughs> you had me till the end. Ah. Therapist is not Annie. Right. Annie is dead. Okay. There's nothing supernatural here. Annie's dead. I think the problem is I keep uh, going to the supernatural because, again, I don't connect to anything that's happened so far. All right. So you have to make your official prediction. Again, I think it's going to end well. I think everybody's going to be happy in the end. But I think the struggles that are going to come from this are the way everybody deals with this. And somebody's going to be on some sort of drugs. It might not be heroin. This is still, again, set in the 50s and it's a Daniel Steele book. So I would assume somebody's on. Somebody starts drinking a lot. I I could see John drinking a lot. I could see where that goes. I see that. John is a drunk and then he straightens out through Liz's love. And Liz is somehow channeling Annie. And but again, I still think somebody's on heroin and then they all probably die. So the bookends, they're all dead, but happy, but happy dead, happy dead. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it goes another four or five years. We go down the road and then they realize in the end, like they all sacrifice themselves to save. I don't know, like a, a puppy that's drowning. They all help and then they all die. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, we should wrap this and see how it goes. Let's go read. All right. Let's move on. Let's do it. So we have now gotten through two more chapters. I know it seems like we're going slow, but these chapters were long. Chapters two and three. We are on page 100 of the paperback. I don't think our listeners are going to have any idea how long it was in between. This could be the next day. They don't know. No, I just mean that, like, why would we be recording after every chapter? Oh, (laughs) yes. Are we going to have 100 little episodes? There's only 11 chapters in this book, and (laughs) these chapters happen to be really long. Yeah, they were really long. So yeah. I know last time, so it would have been a few minutes ago listening to this, yes. that I was not much of a fan of this book because no. the characters were very flat. Yes. Uh, I would say things did sort of improve in the next two chapters, but I don't exactly see how this all comes together. No. Well, here's the thing. in the There's a whole new storyline. Yeah. All of a sudden, expect. just explodes into a different story. Yes. You're like, you're with the family, you're like the family, and then all of a sudden there's randos. And I'm not good with randos, but I do enjoy the new storyline. The new storyline, much better than the first storyline. Yes, totally agree. And like you, by the end of the third chapter, you can see where these things are coming together. And I will say that this is a very readable book. Like, you know, even for somebody who I don't tend to gravitate towards this sort of fiction or popular fiction, really. Because it there's not a lot of art to the the writing. The writing is very brutalized. Like it is just point by point stuff happening, stuff happening. Yes. And that's not really the kind of book I tend to like. But I think this book is a pretty readable book. I can see oh, yes. why people read this. Like it is yeah. after the first chapter, I didn't get it. I was like, I don't know why anybody would want to read something like this because it's such a downer. But it's also like the characters are just these cardboard cutouts of characters. Yeah. But but these two chapters, I think, really worked. Yeah. So we pivoted from the like super happy, lovely family whose kid just straight up died to a different family in a different location where one of the daughters gets pregnant in the yeah, 50s. It's the same. You can see by the end of the chapter, like there, she somehow has now ended up in the town of the first family, which I don't know if they ever actually say the name of the town. 
but she meets Tommy at the end of the chapter who comes into this diner where she's just now working. But her storyline, even though it's not like super original or anything, it's still pretty entertaining. It's interesting. Like, Oh yeah. Again, she's in high school in the fifties and she just kind of randomly gets knocked up by some dude. Like, you know, and, and you know, you're with her, you feel bad for her. Like she's totally, she clearly got kind of the raw end of this, but even though it's nothing, you know, it's a hallmark storyline. It's nothing too original. It still works. Like it still moves along. It's It's compelling. Yeah. I think Danielle Steele is a, she's not like a super creative, technically amazing writer, but she can write a good story that moves. Yeah. If you can come up up with movable plots, that's kind of all you need. Yeah. That's why she's as successful as she has been. I mean, I get it. I get it at this point. I still don't really get where this plot's going. Like I don't understand what, what the rest of this book is like this girl's pregnant. This other family lost their kid. She just met Tommy. I don't get the impression she wants this kid. Like she's very much saying like, you know, she doesn't want to ruin her life by having this kid. Yeah. So I guess that's what this is, but that seems kind of predictable. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not totally, I'm not totally sold on that. So I guess if we were to make predictions now, the obvious prediction to make, which I will make is that she's going to give her kid to the family who lost their kid. Right. Right. You, you replace one kid with the other kid. But is that the plot or is like, is she going to get together with Tommy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, good question. What do people talk about in book clubs? <laughs> is this what they talk about? So I've never been a part of a book club that has been successful. Yeah. But I know a few people who have been in book clubs for long periods of time. And some of them are like, literally, we're going to get together and talk about what we liked and what we didn't like about the book and what it means to us. I yeah. also, I'm not sure they're reading Daniel Steele books. Like, I think they're reading like, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, and like more or more literature type books. Yeah. Or more literature. Yes. I mean, I um, think because we're doing this in sort of an odd way, I can't believe book clubs have it where you read a chapter and go and talk about it. Right. Like no, don't you, you, read you probably read the whole book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is sort of just our way of doing this and I don't know how this is going to all fit together, but yeah. I like the idea that we're just like, yeah, something's going to happen and this is it. And Daniel yeah. Steele and whatever. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think the way that we've laid it out is what's going to happen. I maintain my prediction that the gift is love. I So in the first chapter, <laughs> they say that the gift is that kid who dies. So my guess is the gift is the next kid. Do you think the next kid dies? <laughs> Ooh, interesting. She has this kid in, say, chapter four. That kid also gets meningitis. They realize their house is built on a you know an Indian graveyard that somehow is giving all the kids meningitis. Meningitis I, I, graveyard. I think that's probably a better book than what Daniel Steele wrote. But no, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Well, I'm just wondering if it's a fill time before you get the third kid, which is the gift. <laughs> that's my guess. So where It's like two false gifts and then you get the real gift. Right. Where uh, Tommy's mother, Liz, Liz, Liz gets pregnant with her and John. I don't know how old they're supposed to be. They're getting up there. Yeah. But Liz gets pregnant. That's the gift. The gift is they... her, her pregnancy in 1960 or whatever. I think they say that like, Liz did not expect to get pregnant with the gift. Because she was gift. so much younger. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. maybe uh, that's my guess. <laughs> this, the, this is all a fake out. Mary Beth, I believe, is the girl. Yes. And I think maybe Mary Beth, they set her up. Everybody's like, oh, well, obviously she's going to give her the kid. I don't know if Daniel steals this twisty. And then I'd say the kid dies. Mary Beth also dies. And then they're back to square one by chapter seven. I'm going to call it Mary Beth murders that kid. <laughs> so she has the kid and then murders the kid. That Mary Beth is actually a psycho. Yes. Because they've set her up to be a very likable, relatable character. Surprise psycho. Yeah. I think her working at this diner, she she starts to get tarted up yep. to like meet the locals in this whatever town. 
And uh, yeah, maybe she doesn't want to deal with Tommy's nonsense and doesn't want to give him the kid. Yeah. I like the idea. Yeah. You've come up with a good plot. Thank you. I still think there's going to be a third kid and that's the gift. All right. I'm- or maybe a fourth kid. I mean, there's, there's not that, you know, the book's <laughs> not that long, but I don't know if there's time for a fourth kid. See if we can squeeze that in. I don't fully understand the logic of that, but I will, I will go with it. You got to pad out this story. I don't understand what else can happen. Yeah. There's not the, you know, there's a lot of time left and I don't know that we've built up enough of a story. here. Well, there's probably a lot of angst. Cause like Tommy brings Mary Beth home. She's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Liz is like, mm, not so into that. So they've yeah. got to debate it. There's yep. conversations. Liz is upset. Tommy's upset. John's upset. Mary Beth is upset. We're all going to be upset together. We're upset apart. Like that's how these books work. Right. And then we're going to come back together and then we're just not going to be upset anymore. And then we're good. See, I mean, the way that this has been written so far, I would believe that. But then I've also been a little surprised by things here and there. Not a lot, but like a little bit. She was on the bus on the way to Chicago. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. There's going to be a big Chicago section of the book. No, nope. she just ends up in this town, wherever the hell she is I in Iowa. She's in Omaha. Didn't they, she stop off near Omaha? This is because it's. A, I think it's a fictional town where they yeah. are, but it could be Nebraska. That checks out. Yeah. I don't know. So there's been enough little twists that it just seems so obvious that her kid would then be the kid. That I'm adding in a bunch of other kids. And I still think John and Liz, that could still happen. Even though it doesn't seem like any of the characters in that family are talking to each other right now. Yeah, I think John and Liz are going to get divorced. Really? I think they're headed for a a lawyer's office. Do you think the gift is then what brings them back together? No, I think the gift is probably the alimony that Liz gets. You know what? I'd say that's as good a place to stop as any. Yep. So this is after chapter six. Yep. Page 173, essentially. Yep. Uh, the Gift, Danielle Steele, the number four bestseller of 1990. I mean, it rips right along. We'll say that. It's a very readable book. Yeah. Not going to yeah. lie. It's not, again, I think it's a little spinning its wheels at this point in the book because there's not a lot that's happening, really. No. Like, it's just that girl's pregnant and she's friends with Tommy and that's it. And, and it seems like there's going to be a lot of conflict and then there isn't. Right. Like, oh, yeah. your mom's going to be mad. Oh, nope. She's good. Yep. Oh, the doctor's going to be weird. Oh, he's fine. Oh, he's great. And that's all it seems to be doing. So, <laughs> yeah. but it is pretty, I mean, it's readable like, cause there is all this like kind of drama, but there's not a lot of tension. It's just sort of like yeah. dramatic circumstance. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. To catch our readers up. I, I think we said on uh, just finished chapter six and we've got uh, pregnant mm-hmm. teenager friends with a teenager. A couple girl. of teenagers. One of them's pregnant. Uh, a girl boy party. Yeah. It's a good boy um, party. Good boy girl party. party. Or, yeah. Oh, a girl party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A good boy, good boy party. party. <laughs> <laughs> it works both ways. Basically the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fifty-three. Something. Yes. Something like that. Some, something in that range. And, uh, you know, they're both going to school. Well, he's going to school and she's learning stuff with him. And his parents were like, eh, I don't know if we want to meet her. And then they were like, yeah, let's meet her. The but doctor that- was like going to be mad that she was pregnant and, and 16. And then he was like, no, it's cool. They seem nice. So everybody's been pretty cool. Yeah. The other people at the diner found out she was pregnant. That did not even warrant a scene. That was just no. like, they were fine. Yes. Yeah. Gave her gifts. Teen pregnancy knocked up on the slide. 1953. And it's going fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I assume, and again, I don't know how these books tend to go. Uh, I assume this is all just going to work out. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, can't, I don't, I don't know. At this point, I don't, I guessed a lot of things up to this point that clearly are not coming true. So I would assume she's going to have this kid. I think she might just keep it at this point now. I don't know. And her and Tommy just 
get together, even though she's like 16. Yeah. All right. Well, let's make let's make some predictions then. Like book ends. Are she and Tommy still together? Are they together? Yes. When the book ends. You say yes. I'm going to say no. Oh, she's moved back to Iowa. um, Yeah. I'm going to say no. Do you think her parents have come around and they're cool now? No. Oh. So why isn't she, her and Tommy still together in Nebraska or wherever they are? I think she's going to go back to Iowa. I think it's, I think there's foreshadowing in her, like people come into your lives for a season. Like, I don't think they're going to stay together. I don't think so. I kept thinking that related just to Annie and then maybe to this baby. Yeah. Do you think she moves away, but they keep the Whitakers have her baby because the Whitaker parents need something to bring them together. Cause I don't think they're breaking up by the end of this book. No, but they are not doing well. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I, I think the Whitakers stay together. Yes, I think they keep the baby because she seems... keeps being like, do you know of anybody who wants it? And everyone's like, I don't know. And like nobody has mentioned the obvious that these people just lost this kid and cannot yeah. deal with it. So the yeah. obvious is they maybe would want that kid. But no, I think her and Tommy are going to be together. And then yeah. I think this keeps the kid in her life, which somehow seems like it should matter. I don't know. Like, yeah. even though she's adamant that she doesn't want this kid. Yeah. The whole book seems to be geared around the idea that like she should want this kid. So yeah. I keep thinking like somehow they're going to shoehorn that in. Okay. So like major prediction difference is I think she disappears and you think she sticks around. You think, but I mean, she's just, you think she's going to go back to Iowa and live her life. And yeah. then are her and Tommy like pen pals or is there anything or no? I don't, I think there's nothing. They're just going to live their own life. It's it's too hard for her is mm-hmm. the line. I think they're going to, that's how they're going to position it. Yeah. They're done. Maybe you're right. I don't, I don't actually think that that's going to matter because I think the last chapter of the book is going to be set in 1994 when the book is written. I say 40 years later, that's where the book ends. And Interesting. her kid with Paul uh, is going to be the first female president. 19. That's what I'm calling it. Her daughter, like it. Paul's daughter, and her name will be something like, I don't know, Emma or Maud. And she'll be the president. 1994. Obviously, her name is going to be Hope. Hope. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm predicting. I think that's going to happen. Tommy will be the secretary of agriculture in that white house. <laughs> and, uh, and that'll be it. John and Liz will just be around and proud. They'll be standing around proud. <laughs> I will now be disappointed if it ends in any other way. I think that's the only way this should end. Yeah. What Very do you good. think? How do you think the book ends ends? You think it's really just 1954 or whatever? I do. I think yeah. it's Mary Beth uh, gets on the bus and sails off into the sunset. Yeah. And like Tommy's like standing with a tear in his eye, watching her go. Yep. Cradling her baby. Yes. And telling her, baby, your mother doesn't love you. (laughs) (laughs) And probably not that, but yeah. I don't know. I think in this case, the gift turns out to be the presidency. (laughs) I love that prediction, but I also stand by the fact that the gift is still love. Mm, Fair enough. I think you're going to twist reality, no matter how this book ends, to say that it's love. Why do you think that's the prediction that I made? Of course I am. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Wow, we did it. We finished reading it. Can you believe it? We, uh, I can. Yeah. It wasn't a very long book. No, it wasn't a very long book. <laughs> uh, so, I, I would, odd, so oddly, some of our predictions did come true. I don't know that it's really, I don't know how much that interesting that is, because those predictions will have just preceded this this recording. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we were correct. I don't know how seriously I'm going to be putting that together, so. Yeah, I mean, look, Daniel Steele, just to to back up for a second and reflect, while I can see how people would like to read these books, because they're very entertaining, they do move along, it was the most predictable and honestly the dumbest ending of a book that I've read in the recent past. 
Yeah, I mean, I again, I don't think our point in doing this episode was to just drag Daniel Steele books or people <laughs> who enjoy them because that would have been a very easy thing to do. Like, it's a yeah. very simple book. And yeah. I can understand, like, this is just like like watching simple sitcoms. Like, if you just sit back and you just enjoy Two and a Half Men, like, I would, you know, you're, you're not operating on a very, like, I need to watch challenging stuff. And that's what yeah. I believe Daniel Steele is the same way. Like yeah, you just want to uh, sit back and read and you don't care what you're watching, like lifetime movies, whatever. Yeah. Right? It felt very much like a lifetime movie of a book. Yeah. It is not a complex book. Uh, those are just flat wooden characters and, you know, a very simple plot. <laughs> the, the thing about it, I think that struck me at the end is like every opportunity that she had to do something that would surprise you, she chose not to take. Right. And so everything was exactly what you thought it was going to be to the point where at the end after. So Mary Beth has the baby. Um, she gives it to Liz and John, just like you thought she was going to. And then she goes back to her family and, and the book ends where like she had an opportunity to tell us what happened after that. Did Mary Beth and Tommy get back together? Like, it's really interesting if the like Mary Beth is still in the baby's life and what that means and how they handle that. Like, that is actually the interesting part of the book. But she didn't tell that story. But the the thing is, I thought maybe after she had the baby, like Tommy was describing her. And I was like, is she going to die? Yeah. <gasps> she might die. She did not die. No, she's fine. Yeah, I was hoping there would be something more interesting, but yeah, like as we were talking while we were reading it, like it did get just so generic and so predictable. Yeah. The final stretch there when she's having this baby and like just the way it's written, like and again, like Daniel Steele is in everybody's mind the whole time. So it's not like there's anything that's a surprise even to the other characters. Like everything is just and everybody felt it and everybody felt so good and like it is a kind of a generic writing principle where you want to show people things as opposed to telling people things. But all this book is just telling you all the time yes. how everybody yes. feels every step of the way about yes. everything. And it just and it's, and it's always positive. The yeah. thing, the other thing that would have been interesting is like, this is Tommy's girlfriend. She's yeah. having a baby. She's going to give it to his parents. Like no one ever mentions the fact that like, if they were actually going to try and have a relationship, which all the indications are like they're in love and they want to get married and da da da, that that might be hard. And no one says that at any right. point. They were just like, oh, da, 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 my... and, and sometimes like Mary Beth has a couple moments with the baby itself where she's like, this is might be hard, but they never talk about or reflect on or or make any any have any discussion about what the future could be and how this could complicate things as yeah. it could. And this is all resolved really quickly, like so fast. There's it's like the the end of the book, but also just the whole Mary Beth wants to give Liz and John this kid mm -hmm. is a very quick decision. Even though you see this coming from you know hundreds of pages earlier, nine yeah. months before this, you know this is where this is going to end up. Yeah. Uh, it still is something that re that goes very quickly and there's no real reasoning behind why they wouldn't want to do it because they keep saying they're like having to struggle with this decision, but they don't bring up any examples of why yes. there's no reason why, like, it, cause they don't, I don't think they want to then try to grapple. They don't want to tackle this inside yeah. the story. There's no them, grappling, right? Like there's nothing with Liz reasons. Liz would have, even though again, they are 16, like to even conceive of the idea that they're going to stay together is already really far fetched, even in the fifties. Yeah. But also that she had this kid from somebody else's kid. She's going to go back to Iowa or wherever to live with her family after this. Yeah. Like, there's all these reasons why this is not going to work out and just a lot of obvious stuff. Yeah. And yet it's treated just very much like, yeah, obviously we're going to have Mary Beth's kid. She could just come and stay here. Like, yeah, obviously. 
like and then and tommy who's already sort of a loose cannon the way he's created like mentally is not a sound character even though he's presented as being just the greatest guy the way he's he acts is so crazy half the time and just the things he says yeah and just his his un his crazy unwavering devotion to this person yeah which you know and again i don't want to rag on it like i guess you want to create a romantic hero and like tommy is that he saves her in this scenario but he but acts like a nutcase, right? He he does. And at one point in the book, he was committed, committed to convincing Mary Beth that they should get married and raise the baby together. Yeah. And so when his mother, his mother comes to him and says, Mary Beth wants to give us the baby instead. Literally, there's no conflict from Tommy. He's just like, cool. That makes yeah. sense. And I'm like, Tommy should be the one with the most trouble with this. Like, yeah. he should be the most upset. Yeah. And he is just like, fine. Sounds good. I believe the book even said makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It makes no sense at all. Like, I guess part of this also is that this is designed for women readers. This this is not a book a man should ever pick up and read. There's <laughs> nothing for it. Like, so the men character tends to be Paul, yeah. who's actually the father of this kid, who's kind of a jerk in retrospect, but at the time isn't really like he's actually seems like yeah. he's a popular guy and she likes to be around him for this one and, day. Yeah. And he was nice to her. Yeah. And then she's more concerned with what she's like, how she's going to destroy his life by having this kid. So she leaves town. Yeah. And then John, who is like a a solid provider or whatever, and him and Liz have problems. But again, they never elaborate on what those problems are. They just kind of don't talk for a while. Yeah. It seems like after Annie dies, they're both sad. Yeah. And that's marriage problems. That's their marriage problems. That they're both sad, which is yeah. just perfectly understandable. And then yeah. Tommy, who I guess is, again, supposed to be this romantic hero because Maribeth becomes the main character in this story. Yeah. As soon as she's introduced in the story so far into the book that Anne, you yeah. know, they have the whole setup that Annie's dead and everything. So she's the character everybody's supposed to relate to and that she has all of these issues. And she does. She at least is a character where she has issues and has to make decisions, but they're all obvious decisions. Oh, yeah. And Tommy's insane. And Tommy just keeps asking her to marry him. And even though she's adamant, like, I want to have a life and I want to go to college and I want to do stuff. She's actually like a character you can sympathize with. Yeah. Tommy is a a train wreck maniac who just (laughs) is so self-centered and doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, when they're like, we're going to keep this kid. Now you almost get the impression that t- all Tommy was in this for was for the kid. <laughs> like he's still yeah. broken up that Mary Beth's going to leave. But but when, the fact that he accepts this so quickly, was he just angling to get this kid the whole time? <laughs> like, I mean, it was weird. I'm not going to lie. I almost I don't know how you would feel about this, but I almost think we should read a, another Danielle Steele book together. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, at if we do another year in the era of Danielle Steele doing books, I guess we could. I mean, she's written a million goddamn books. So a million books. Almost any year we could find one. She would have a book. You know, I want another pass of Danielle Steele. Let's talk about it. Let's see what year. I don't know what year we're going to do next if we ever do another year. So we might just be doing 94 the rest of our lives. She Um, only wrote one book in 94, Slacker. I know, considering she is somebody who cranks out books. I think this is the only book she wrote in 94. This was the fourth highest selling book of that year. So I would assume if she had another book, if this is the fourth highest selling book of the year, her other book would have to be up there, right? What oh, would be the yeah. people would be like, oh, this is nothing like the gift. <laughs> so, <laughs> but this must have come out Christmas in 93, right? I don't know. I, I think it, I think the published the publication date even in the book says 94. Why would you think this came out in 93? Well, because it's, it's it, a Christmassy book. 
it's a Christmassy book, so it makes total sense to put it out at Christmas. It says and 94 it, in the book, but we could look it up. It can't be the fourth highest selling book of 1994 and have come out at the end of December. Like, I don't no. think that's. I don't know that books are. Do books get that sort of timed release that like well, um, like a Christmas movie would or something thing like that? Is it doesn't look Christmassy. Like, no, no. The, even on the cover, it, it doesn't. It's not being pushed as a Christmas book. It looks almost summery, but it is a Christmassy book. Like, yeah. all the main stuff happens on Christmas. Deaths, births. I mean, it is, it's a, it's, it is, it's a Christmassy story all around. Honestly would have liked it more if it had a Christmas cover. You probably would have read it before now. Ooh, a present, but like one of those boxes that puppies come in with eyes cut out of, but there's a baby in it. That's disgusting. (laughs) That the gift is a literal child in a box. I mean, that's what it is. That is what it is. But I I don't think you want to be too literal with the actual gift itself. You were telling me that I was being too, you didn't actually use these words, but like too broad with saying the gift was love, which it clearly was. But let's get specific then. The gift is I'm handing you my baby. Yeah. And I can put it in a box if you want because it's you're getting it for Christmas. So they should have packaged this together and put out a gift box of the gift. And it was a copy of the book and then a, a baby that you that you could see through a window as though it's yeah. being shipped in a box. Yes. Horrifying. Yes, like a shipping label on it. The gift came out in July of 1994. Confusing. But again, like you said, like the cover, I assume the hardcover cover is the same as this paperback cover. And uh, it has nothing Christmassy about it at all. It is literally just a picture of a house. Mm -hmm. It is nothing, nothing at all. If you're going to call book the gift, if you're going to put all the main events on Christmas, you got to make it look Christmassy. Like what? 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 Well, see, again, I, I think just because it's on Christmas and that there's a lot of Christmassy references, I wouldn't say this is a Christmas story necessarily, but I do think you could, I mean, you could, if you filmed this as a movie, that would be a very much a Christmas movie, especially the end is a very Christmassy ending in a lot of ways, even though it is so schmaltzy and so just over the top ridiculous in the way that it wraps up when, and just everybody's emotions are so big, but yeah. See, but the other thing I think is hard thing to relate for this book. And maybe this isn't something we want to get into too much uh, is I don't know that you and I can really relate to this in the same way as an average person who would just pick up this book and have a normal kind of family and normal aspirations of family, right? Yes, yes. I because, don't really... again, I don't know how much I want to get into this, but like we don't have kids and we're not going to have kids. So nope. like the fact Hard that pass. so much of this book is geared around the tough decisions of having children and what that does exactly inside yeah. their lot, John and Liz's life and with Marybeth and with yep. Tommy and with Paul and everybody. I yeah. can't relate to any of that. So all of it just seems kind of kind of ridiculous. It just seems kind of frivolous. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. We are we are the opposite of the target audience for yeah. this book, especially yeah. you, but even me. No, I, I but I mean like again, like I get how it's a pretty readable book and like it has conflict sort of, but you know, it is all telegraphed really early on. I mean, the only reason she meets Tommy is because it and as a writer is because John and Liz have lost this kid. Otherwise, there's no reason for any of this story to come mm-hmm. together this way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think, you know, fairly at, at that point when she's introduced into the story that like they're going to end up with this kid because they're so devastated. Yeah. It's totally. like when somebody, you know, has a dog that dies, they immediately get another dog. Like that's this is the same thing to me. The gift is a dog. It's wow. Getting a new dog. That's a that's a tough line to take with a child. But that's what I'm saying inside the narrative of the story. I'm not again. I'm not relating this to this is not a real world situation. I don't. No matter what anybody would say. So I think that narratively that makes a lot of sense that that's going to happen. And I I think they have to put in the book like not to replace Annie. Right. Repeatedly they they say this. Uh, Very uncomfortable though. Yeah. Honestly. 
And this is a book that repeats itself a lot. There's a, the same Ooh. conversation happens yeah. over and over again between because there is a solid 100, 150 pages where they're just spinning their wheels to get to the ending. Like there's yeah. nothing that's happening. Yeah. Except the conversation about Liz and John taking the baby happens once. <laughs> like the right. most important conversation in the book. Like she easily could have built to this. Like right. they could have had some more like motivations for any of the characters. But Liz, when this comes up, Liz is shocked shocked she's shocked which is crazy because everybody knows that this is where this is going but she's not shocked that she's offering her the baby she's shocked maribeth's not keeping the baby which is insanity because maribeth has never said in this book that she wants the baby never she's all the whole time is saying she's getting rid of this kid and she keeps telling her doctor to find her uh, somebody to adopt it and like this is all that's been talked about so the fact that liz is so stunned again not because she's being offered but she's stunned with literal words in the book to the effect that I can't believe she's not keeping this baby. Yes. This is insane. Yes. Like, yeah, that's an, I think that's an insane reaction. And I think Tommy and, and Mary Beth scenes are all crazy by the end. Like, yeah, because again, he is so manipulative or wants to be, but he's not yeah. clever because he's such a flat character. Yeah. That Mary Beth's all of her decision is just locked in from, from seems, the beginning of the book. Yeah. He just seems singularly focused to me and yeah. like kind of dumb and not aware of, all of the context that's that indicates that she's not going to marry you right now. You're not going to get to keep the baby. Like all the things you keep asking for are not a thing. And then, but he, it is the same conversation a number of times. Yeah. Where he just wants her to marry him now and wants to just throw everything away and doesn't care. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's ludicrous. I don't, I don't know. I, again, I, I didn't not like this book in a very kind of casual way. I oh, think yeah. it's kind of a nice book. Like it's, I can understand it's a readable book and it moves right along. And totally. I don't think the writing is anything special, but I don't think that that's the point of these books. Like yeah. you don't want complicated. This is kind of like seventh grade reading level book. And it's a fine yeah. book in that regard. Look, I am terrible at picking books to read because I really only read books about like angry feminism, rape culture and like politics. And so this book was actually kind of enjoyable. Like it was different than what I typically read and, you know, it was fun and, you know, whatever. And we did a pretty good job of not talking about it while we were reading it until the last chapter where we were so outraged by some of the lines that I was like, I'm sorry, I just, have you gotten to this part yet? I just have to talk about this. I mean, there's a part where Liz tells John this whole plan, like we're going to, yeah. we're going to get this kid. And John literally says, I can't believe a woman would give away their baby. Like, again, this is all that's been talked about the entire book. And it's not like he's not around for these conversations. So yeah. like, it's as though like the whole, it's almost, and I said this at the time, it's almost like the ending was written first. Yeah. And then they wrote this whole other book and then never changed the ending where like you just have this end sequence where they're getting this baby and everything. At least it all barrels along, but it ignores everything that's been talked about for the entire year up to this point, which is just crazy. Like, I don't I don't get how this book was constructed and or why it was constructed this way. Also, not to rag on on Danielle Steele, but it got a little lazy at the end because Liz and Maribeth have this conversation where they're like talking about the fact that Maribeth wants to give Liz her baby and they have this, they talk about it and they have this meaningful conversation. And then they're like, and then they got milk. They talked about it a little more and then they went to bed. (laughs) Like literally that's what the book says. They talked about it more. They didn't say what they said or how the conversation evolved. They just talked about it more and then they went to bed. Yeah, there was no dramatic like build up no. end to this conversation. No. I, you know, and maybe that's a too cinematic a thing. Maybe you expect stuff yeah. like that, especially when you're having this kind of overwrought conversation. Here's the other missed opportunity. Liz and John drove. <laughs> 
like three and a half hours to Maribeth's parents' house and talked to them and came back and they never really mention what they say. No. They just, they allude to parts of the conversation that happened. Yeah. I, and again, to your point about the end being written, I wonder if they got to that point and Liz and John just had to know more about her parents or they had to get her parents there yeah. to have the scene where everyone's there. Right. Which it's very contrived. That, yeah, very contrived. Wasn't even all that impactful because like Maribeth's mother sees the baby cries and that's it and then yeah. like leave, they leave so yeah. it's not even like something happened but in order to get them there like something had to happen so they're like oh Liz and John went there and yeah. we never mention it we're not going to talk about what happened there but they did and and now they're coming to to pick her up yeah it was it was clearly like a device that was just there to facilitate the ending even yeah. though again there have been no interesting dramatic conversations in this entire stretch of the book it's really just uh, when Liz and Maribeth talk about getting the kid. Otherwise, yeah. there's nothing. The only yeah. dramatic, interesting conversation that exists, it happens off screen that they then talk about later yeah. even in the book. Like there's, I think the chapter before we finished reading today, they're leaving to go do this. So you know yeah. this is part of the story. And then it just jumps to yeah. just Tommy and Maribeth hanging out while the parents are gone. And then they mention it at the end that they went and did this. Like that at least was a dramatic yeah conflict there was at least a conversation that took place that was something that wasn't just how much they john uh, uh tommy and maribeth love each other but and tommy proposing to her again and him and her saying no which at the cemetery yeah oh, oh my god yeah oh my god it's almost like daniel still was up against a deadline it was just like i don't know uh they they talk some more right 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 um yeah. oh yeah they're gonna go see her parents uh don't worry about it like yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, like I again, I think this is this is like you have a template way of writing. You have a, something yeah. that's successful and works. Just keep banging it out, right? Yeah. Like there's a story that Barbara Car- uh, Cartland, who was a a romance novelist, would write a book in three weeks, and she wrote hundreds of books because wow. it's just a system. You can just bang it out, change some characters' names, little this and that, but you have a conflict, acts, and you just put it all together. And I feel like yeah. this is probably a pretty standard Daniel yeah. Steele book. Because A, it's not all that imaginative. Like the, it, the setup isn't anything too exciting and the characters are nothing special. And also because the writing is so simple that you can just kind of, you know, plot, this happens, this happens, this happens. Yeah. You don't have to show anything. Just tell how everybody feels the whole time and then you're done. When I mentioned this to my mom, who used to read a lot of Danielle Steele when I was a kid, as I believe I mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, she was like, well, you know, it's not. And then she named some book like I would know it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You remember the Danielle Steele classic yeah, it had some foreign sounding name. And when she said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of familiar. But like, no, I, I don't know what book that is. So um, I, I we're going to investigate this. And we'll investigate. Uh, do you want to uh, key the entire next season of the show around whatever year that book was written? Yes, <laughs> well, I do. Bad news, everybody. We have to do 1977. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're listeners, in. let us know. What is your favorite Danielle Steele book? <laughs> if you've listened to this episode, I assume you've read some of these books. Yes. Right. I mean, otherwise they're, they're tuning in for our personalities, which come on. So, I mean, at least there's a chance that some re- re- like right now people are just aggravated. Like, I love Daniel Steele books. What are you talking about? Reading is good. Read, yeah. read whatever you like. Like, yeah. there's no reason to force yourself to read stuff you don't want to read. No. I'm just saying this is simple comfort writing. This yeah. isn't anything challenging or complicated. No. This is just. But again, pleasure. I kind of get it. I kind of enjoyed it because yeah. literally the other book I have going right now is about rape culture in America. Yeah, you should big, read you should read some more relaxing stuff. You know, it's interesting though, because this book did have not a rape in it, but like a 
kind of questionable sexual situation. Yeah, well, I mean, she, yeah, I guess they didn't really want to twist it so much that she got raped, but she yeah. clearly wasn't intending to sleep with that dude. But yeah. While they're, I mean, they're, they're, it's not written in a way like she's being raped. It's no. It's very much like no, no, no. she's gone more further than she wanted to go to start, but she's yeah. an, an active participant in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's pretty, yeah. it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. No, it's not, a, it's not a rape book, but related, I would say. I mean, there's, there's a little, a little bit of sex. Yeah. It's not a very sexy book. No. And Daniel Steele will repeatedly tell you that when she's pregnant, she is way too repulsive for Tommy to want to yes. sleep with. Yes. She hammers that point a lot. And I'm like, there that's kind of weird. Uh, there is a lot of like, not so great feminist stuff in here. <laughs> like, yeah. well, I mean, I know it's supposed to be set. I, I actually was thinking this as we, as we were reading. It. I know it's supposed to be set in the 50s, but it doesn't have to be written like it was written in the 50s. Like right. there were some very antiquated ideas in this book. Yeah, this is this is middle America flyover country writing in yeah. 94. You think by 94, I was I was a little surprised by like how insistent she was that like, well, no one would want to sleep with her like this. So John and Liz were OK with them staying together and they yeah. don't sleep together. They so don't. You're like, oh. They don't. Like, yeah. Don't Daniel still talks. She'll, she'll talk about his boner, but she won't like they don't go any further because that's right. That was the that was as far as it went. I believe they did some hand stuff. But nothing much. They need to do some hand stuff. Yeah, yeah. For them. but it's very—it's all very mild. There's they nothing. They were sixteen, like it's sixteen and nine months pregnant. I still think they would have figured it out. I was a little surprised they didn't, just for the sake of positivity, if nothing else, just to be yeah. like, hey, like she's not, she's not a whale or something. It was—it was weird the way that was she was weird. kept being positioned as just being this grotesque monster. Yes, and and that was it. Like everything, you know, it was really strange. I didn't. I assumed you didn't enjoy this but i was surprised no. how it affected yeah. me that i was like this is kind of gross like, yeah i agree so. but but again Ooh. i mean these characters are so generic and so flat it's hard to get yeah. offended by anything that's happening because they're not this again this is not a realistic scenario no so. well i think that is enough <laughs> we've covered it <laughs> we have put in way too much time on it. we've this is like <laughs> the fifth time we've had to record about this episode about this product so yeah it happened um, when your book club that's it. We had yeah. to do it. We, we needed the time. So we, we took care of business. So I don't think we're doing another one of these for 94 because I think if we've established all the other books are way too long that we could yeah. run across. But maybe we'll run across something. I still yeah. do want to do the Archie meets the Punisher comic book. So I guess that one might count as a uh, as a uh, book club. Looking forward to reading that, I guess. You could read it in one sitting. <laughs> It'll take you 15 minutes. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, sure. thanks for coming on. Oh, do you want to name all your favorite Daniel Steele books? <laughs> Is that how we're going <laughs> out? It's not going to take. Uh, I I could probably pull up a list and no, name no, no, Daniel. No, no. Steele. no come okay. up, I want you to come up with a list of titles you think are Daniel Steele books. Okay. <laughs> what could that be? All right, <laughs> we have to give it a shot. Uh, Hearts of Fire, uh, Lovers and Friends, Love. This is has mouth. been. It happened one year. Uh, Please take a minute Sky to rate times. us on Apple Podcasts or wherever uh, they allow ratings. I don't know. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, That's... or wherever you listen. To uh, also, follow us on cream. all relevant social media. <laughs> I don't Thanks. Know. She writes books about everything. Uh, red velvet, sheets and things, um, love on the rocks, uh, Atlanta. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry.